Blog Talk Radio. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel and welcome to another Empowered Love Radio Show. So this week I want to have a look at self-avoidance, which is also known as self-abandonment. And the article on the radio show this week is about the 10 ways that we can self-avoid. When we're on a journey of healing and resurrection, the most important component is self-partnering. And this is in dire contrast to self-avoidance or what is also known as self-abandonment. Many of us have got no idea that we actually were self-avoiding because we just thought we were doing our best to get on with life. And for many people, life itself can be all-consuming. You may feel like it's a daily struggle to cope or even just to survive. And I think lots of us in uh, narc abuse have known exactly what that feels like. But so many people, a need for self-partnering only happens when life brings us to our knees. When we simply can't continue on with business as usual. And this generally happens as a result of challenges, adversity, or in even some people's lives it can be tragedy. And this is a time when we reach the crossroad of evolution or dissolution. So we either evolve or we dissolve. This is where we choose to transform ourselves from the inside out or we miss the boat. And we just progressively get more unwell. Narcissistic abuse is undoubtedly one of the greatest wake-up calls to let us know that the trajectory and choices we were on aren't working. And self-partnering is essential and absolutely critical if we're going to heal our life. We we may not have realized how unconscious we are when we self-avoid. We may not have realized that rather than be our own authority, honoring, loving and respecting ourselves and creating more of that with life, We have instead been living life by default. If we're not self-aware and healthily self-empowered, we are controlled and modelled by people and situations rather than being a creative force of truth for ourselves. And eventually this model leads to our own demise, which is exactly what happened to us via narcissistic abuse. So how do we stop this? By taking our focus off what happened to me, the outside, and making it our highest mission to take our awareness, energy, and deep abiding love inside ourselves. So that we can work on and heal why this happened to me. So the 10 tactics that we use to self-avoid. Okay, the number one, I believe, 
in my opinion, blame and shame. And this is including abuse forums and groups that blame and shame, which I've been speaking out a lot about lately. When we are focused outwards and righteously blaming and shaming others for the state of our life, we are self-avoiding. In this model, we believe our painful energy is being directed at others. However, it is deeply damaging ourselves. This is known as being a victim. If we're not prepared to give up our victimization and take responsibility to be with and heal our own wounds, we remain extremely unconscious and we don't recognize that we are in fact the generative source of our own experience. And now as a result of doing that, if we do that, we've just rendered ourselves incapable of changing our experience because we've handed all our power to others. We keep handing these people the gun to keep shooting us with. When we create others as responsible for our life, we grant them permission to deliver us more of the powerlessness that we feel about ourselves. This is the number one way, hands down, that we can self-avoid. There is no turning inwards to begin growth, development and evolution on this path. Only the accumulation of more and more self-abuse. Victimization additionally creates chemical peptides in our brains that are incredibly addictive and highly self-destructive. And they lead to a life of generating more victimization and more powerlessness. So number two in the ways that we can self-avoid is not spending time alone. People who are always busy and constantly need company and don't take time to be with self are self-avoiding. A powerful exercise to see how healthy your relationship is with yourself is to sit quietly with no added distractions or noise and simply be with yourself with your eyes closed. Connecting to your inner self for 45 minutes or so. Now many people are literally terrified of doing this and make all sorts of excuses and at the very least they're going to be really agitated trying to do this. And these excuses could be about what needs to be done or who I need to visit or even, you know, this is a really dumb pointless exercise, why am I doing this? Yet the anxiety they feel is really about stopping for long enough for the inner fear and pain and trauma that they've been trying to avoid coming to meet them. There is only so long that we can run away from ourselves. Hopefully we understand that life shows up where we are deficient with ourselves and these examples can help us become conscious of this fact that life is always reflecting back to us the relationship that we have with ourselves. So how can we expect anyone or anything to commit to us or partner us healthily if we refuse to do that for ourselves? How can we expect someone to help support us with our fear and pain and concerns when we have no desire to be that support for ourselves? How can we expect anyone to be present, hear us, or for goodness sake, love us, 
if we can't even bear being with ourselves. So many people are incensed by the way people treat them but have not realized this powerful truth. I am the generative source of my own experience and therefore how other people treat me is identical to the way I treat myself. Many people believe constantly keeping busy and running away from painful emotions makes them go away. No, they don't go away. If you are continually disowning your painful feelings, they only get bigger. Weeds need to be pulled out of the garden or they take over and they choke the flowers. The only way we can pull the weeds out our internal pain, fear and trauma is by being prepared to deeply partner and work on ourselves. So the number three way that we can self-avoid is food, sugar, alcohol, cigarettes and drugs. Ingesting substances is an attempt to fill the emptiness. We're self-partnering which is self-love, self-dedication and self-growth is missing. This is an attempt to numb out painful emotions. All addictions are created from the chemical rush of relief. Relief from internal emotional pain. The dire and self-destructive problem is this. The actual emotional wounds, which are the cause of the emotional pain, is never attended to. It's important to realize that the emotional pain is just the noise these wounds are making trying to get a person's attention. The addiction itself is also a symptom just like the emotional pain. It's a compulsive action born from self-avoiding inner wounds in order to try to stop the emotional pain. When the addictive substance is consumed, there is a dopamine hit that is in stark contrast to the emotional pain, hence the relief. When we are self-avoiding through addictive substances, there is a very frightening element involved. The weeds are spreading and they're getting bigger. And the relief over time isn't as powerful. And we need more and more of the substance to get the same level of relief. The relief naturally is only a quick fix. It's a band-aid that keeps falling off. Meanwhile, the inner wounds which are not being tended to are a bottomless pit, always needing comforting and never being actually healed. All addictions generate self-loathing, the lack of trust, belief and respect for ourselves which only adds to the already compounding inner wounds, which then need more comforting to make the emotional pain generated from them be numbed out. Such is the vicious cycle of substance abuse. It's a definite, never-ending, no-way-out cycle. So, number four, the ways that we self-avoid, is social media, TV and computer games. So the information explosion we've experienced in the past few years has granted us wonderful access to the world, but it's come at a hefty price. 
the stripping away of time for access to our inner beings. If we don't have the balance of time with self, we get lost in the online world of filling our heads with more and more information, yet losing more and more of our essential connection to ourselves. TV and computer games are other ways we zone out and miss opportunities for self. We may think we are escaping our problems, but at the end of the program or computer game, we still have to meet our emotions, ourselves and our life. It's so important to realize that if you want to create a life of a higher vibration and higher value, you have to give up things of a lower vibration and value in order to get it. The greatest value we can ever create as the platform to our life is an evolving, growing self, which is the expanding of our personal identity beyond who it was previously. If your downtime is spent numbing out with social media, computer games or TV, you are wasting valuable time where you could be creating the life you really want from the inside out instead of avoiding your life. So the number five way we self-avoid is shopping and material possessions. Many people believe happiness is deemed by what they have instead of who they are. This is a deadly trap, a bottomless pit into thinking possession, status and gaining approval from others are the fuel for happiness. Like all inauthentic sources of fulfillment, the same result emanates. The initial high followed by the same chronic feelings of emptiness, insecurity and anxiety. It's only through deeply meeting, loving and partnering ourselves and tending to our own healing, filling and growth that we can ever be durably happy. Anything else falls short of the mark. There is nothing wrong with wanting and striving for nice things when it is an extension of an already full and whole self because that is the expression of an abundant and expansive self. Possessions can be an outpour of who we are, but they can never grant us ourselves. So number six is love and sex addiction. And many people believe if I could just get a partner or if I was having regular sex with someone, the pain and emptiness would go away. Love and sex addiction is a common form of self-avoidance that leads to dependence, enmeshment, codependency and abusive and painful relationships. If we are connecting with someone in order to escape our inner pain, this person is a drug and not a person. Rather than take responsibility for our own inner pain and emptiness, we project this onto the other person and hold him or her responsible for it. Then love becomes fearful and controlling and misses the vital ingredients of authentic love, which are freedom, trust and allowing, and the life is squeezed out of the relationship. This is a path of unconsciousness leading to unhealthy expectation, disappointment, glorifying another person as your source of self and failing miserably to be that healthily for yourself. Then when this person reflects back to you the emotional gaps that you have missed within yourself, they become the villain 
So we can see how self-defeating that cycle would be and is. When we become conscious and we make our first priority to be a healthy self, we are much more likely to attract and be attracted to individuals who are also whole, authentic and capable of emotional self-sufficiency. Then we can be and share love instead of playing out power struggles trying to get it. Doing the essential self-work grants the foundation for two people to come together, not as a futile attempt to escape inner wounds, but to grow, evolve and expand together. And that's what a spiritual partnership is. So number seven is workaholism, which I relate to hugely. This has been the biggest addiction in my life to overcome. It is very easy for people to not realize that overworking is an addiction because our culture rewards people who strive for accomplishment. If we are working as an escape from our emotions, we suffer gravely. We lose ourselves, our health, and we are playing out our painful, unhealed wounds of security and survival fears, feeling that we will never be good enough. We can chase our tail believing my life will be okay when I achieve this goal or that goal. And of course, that day never comes. Workaholics, as a result of not having taken the time to face and heal their inner wounds, tend to work hard and not smart. They cause extra work as self-punishment and self-sabotage. Workaholics have the painful inner beliefs if I want a job done right, I have to do it myself and don't generate effective support, then blame the people who let them down or simply refuse to delegate. As with all addictions, it is vital to stop self-avoiding and perpetuating more anxiety and deal with the original wounds that are causing such behaviour. So the number eight way that we can self-avoid being concerned with everyone else's issues. If we're constantly thinking about other people's problems, worrying about them, getting involved in them, and not paying attention to our own inner triggers, angst, patterns, emotions and habits that require our attention, we are not growing. We are simply making it all about other people or situations or causes so that we don't have to look at ourselves. Whilst we remain unhealed and unconscious, we have no power to positively affect these people or causes that we're involved in. Additionally, many people use gossiping and drama to self-avoid. It can provide the emotional energy to help people get out of depression, only momentarily, and then comes at the price of all addictions, a further stripping away of self. Interestingly, what triggers us and takes our attention is usually the trauma we have not healed yet or the aspects about ourselves that we dislike about ourselves that we have deeply disowned. It's vital to understand the only people who have ever created positive change or reform in the world or with other individuals did so by taking full responsibility to set the example first. They deeply and devotedly 
became and then generated the change they wanted to see in their world. Okay, so the number nine way we self-avoid is not being present. When we are struggling to connect to people or tasks and can't be there, we are really avoiding ourselves. There are issues within us about being seen, sharing energy and committing. We may fear being exposed, judged, rejected, criticised, taken over or abandoned. We may be creating the protection of if I don't really show up in the first place, I'm not risking anything. The reasons why we are avoiding others and avoiding life are precisely the unresolved issues and fears that we are avoiding in regard to connecting to ourselves. Until we establish self-disclosure, self-honesty, self-love, self-acceptance and self-partnering, we can't be authentically present with others in life. So the number 10 way that we self-avoid is humour, sarcasm or putting up a front. A method of self-avoiding may be the wearing of a mask to fit in and not let anyone see the truth of how you really feel about yourself. This mask may be humour, sarcasm, superiority or simply being who you think other people want you to be. Being non-authentic may allow you to fit in and function to some extent, but it comes at a high price. Because the less energy you put into developing yourself and shining your true self to the world, the more you lose yourself to a false self. You will be anxious, trying to gauge people and situations, trying to work out what is your best mask to wear on that day or with that person. You will also discover that your interactions don't feel heart-connected and satisfying. Instead, they feel shallow, unfulfilling and more like a stage play than real life. You may be very busy trying to fit in when approval and get the energy of other people's love and devotion, yet no matter what you receive, you won't trust it as being real. How can you be so sure other people aren't playing the same game that you're playing? What is likely is your connections are superficial and based on what can I get by being a certain way rather than what can I genuinely give by sharing my authentic self. Until we've partnered ourselves and learned to love and accept ourselves, warts and all, how can we expect other people to accept us and believe that we are worthy just for being ourselves? So that's it. That's the 10 ways that we can do it. And you may have thought of others as well. And by all means, you can share those on the blog when it comes out. So we need to shift if this has been what we've been playing out. In order to change our emotions and behaviours, we need to shift our internal beliefs because that's where our emotions and our behaviours are being generated from. By doing so, our new, more empowered, healthier state of being can then just simply be an expression of who we've now become, who we've evolved ourselves to. For those of you on the NARP program, 
you can use the goal setting module and set up the following goals to reverse the faulty powerless beliefs limiting you from entering into a self-partnership. So this is so much more than just speaking affirmations which take a great deal of repeated effort and time to trickle down into our subconscious in order to produce change. Body shifts are another level entirely because they are a much more powerful and direct application. So we're going to recap the ways that we self-avoid and then we're going to have a look at the beliefs, the shifts that we can create, that we can release all resistance on in order to help claim self-partnering. So the first one, which was blame and shame, so the goal that we would set up to shift into is I release my outer focus in order to bring my power back into my own body. I now deeply partner and love myself. So the number two goal, and please know these will all be on the blog in writing. If you're trying to write them down, they'll be there for you. So the second one, which was not spending time alone, the self-partnering goal that we can set up and clear resistance to in order to embody is it is safe to let go and just be with me. I rejoice in joining with myself in love, truth and healing. So the number three was food, sugar, alcohol, cigarettes and drugs. So the self-partnering goal to be able to get to the wounds and release them is I release the need to continue hurting myself. I free myself to go within in order to support, love and heal myself. So number four was social media, TV and computer games and the self-partnering goal to set up is it is safe to feel. I have the courage to meet myself, be with myself in order to heal. I am worth creating my true life. And the number five is shopping and material possessions. The self-partnering goal is I am worthy of love just as I am. I am adored by all of existence simply because I exist it is safe to be and love me. Number six, love and sex addiction. The self-partnering goal is I let go and fill myself with love and development. By doing so, I am a whole being sharing my true self with others in their true power. Number seven, workaholism. And the self-partnering goal. I am worthy of receiving. Life co-partners me abundantly to provide my security, flourishing and nourishing. I am supported and it is safe to be. And that's exactly what I worked on myself in an enormous amount of diligence as well as other beliefs that were connected. So number eight being concerned with everybody else's issues. And the self-partnering goal is, I recognize what I see in others is what I need to heal within myself. I let go 
and take my power back into my own body to heal my life. Number nine, not being present. And the self-partnering goal is what I fear about others is what I need to heal in myself. I connect inwards in order to heal knowing my divinity and true self connects gloriously to life and others. And number 10, humor, sarcasm, putting up a front. The self-partnering goal is I release the need to hide. By connecting with loving and healing myself, I can share my true radiance with others and life. It is safe to be me. So that's the goals to set up, to start digging into those and releasing self-avoidance because it is so, so vital to get out of that orientation. We can't heal when we're self-avoiding. And I really hope this article has helped you recognize where your blocks, this article and radio show, where these blocks may be in regard to coming home to yourself and self-partnering. This is how we become conscious and generate a life that is not just worth living, one which grants incredible purpose, joy, love and meaning. has to start with self. And this can only occur when we realize life is not happening to us, it is happening through us. In my free webinar, which in the last couple of months, they've been happening every two weeks, I do a deep self-partnering exercise which helps people connect to their inner being. Now for many people who've experienced this in my webinar, this is the first time that they've deliberately gone to their inner being with love, devotion and acceptance because we aren't brought up and we, aren't, we haven't had that model for us. That hasn't been a part of our learning. We're taught information, but we're not taught wisdom. So it's understandable that people have not made that connection yet. And this is what some people reported after this experience. And this is what CK from the USA said. The emotion was incredible, overwhelming in fact, but not in a bad way. I felt this amazing opening in my heart and a deep desire to be with myself and love me. I now realize how rejecting myself has created so much pain in my life. And this is what Sue from Montreal said about her experience. My therapist has been trying for years to get me to feel and connect with myself. In your webinar, Melanie, it happened finally. I'm thrilled beyond words because this is exactly the key that was missing. I can't thank you enough. And then this is what Dean from Australia said. I can't thank you enough for what I got out of the webinar. I held myself for the first time and I knew like I knew that this is the love I've always been searching for and trying to get from others. Now I have incredible faith that I can work on myself to create the most authentic relationship in my life. One I know will create a healthy one with others. So I'd really like to invite you, if you really want to understand how to connect your inner self and you want help in order to achieve that. So if you'd like 
to experience the visualization exercise that these people experienced. You can do that in my next free webinar and I'd love you to join me in that in under two weeks time. So you'll be able to see the link to the free webinar that will be on the blog and I'll also give you the address here now and it is www.melanietoniaevans.com forward slash thank you hyphen step to dot html and you'll find the details of my free webinars there so I'm going to look forward to answering your questions and your comments in the blog article when it comes out because I think that this will be a topic that a lot of people relate to. I know I certainly terminally self-avoided before my narcissistic abuse thriver recovery journey. Absolutely I was doing life and avoiding myself. So I hope that's helped bring through the necessity for wisdom, not just information and knowledge. And that's it for me this week, everybody. And I will see you next week on this show. Lots of love. Bye-bye.